Mark Telios Academy, our servant savior. This is the introduction material to Mark's gospel. Author, John Mark, the author of the gospel of Mark was the son of Mary who hosted a church in her house according to Acts 12.12, also the cousin of Barnabas according to Colossians 4.10, and an assistant, Uperetes, to Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey according to Acts 13.5. Although we do not know all of the details why Mark and Barnabas left Paul during his first missionary journey, Paul regarded the departure as Mark, quote, deserting him in Acts 15.38. Nevertheless, Paul and Mark's relationship would be restored. Paul mentioned Mark in Colossians 4.10 as one of the few who, quote, from the circumcision had comforted him and was, quote, his fellow worker, according to Philemon, verse 24, and was, quote, very useful in serving me, according to 2 Timothy 4.11. The author of the Gospel of Mark, Mark, was not one of Jesus's 12 disciples, and therefore not an eyewitness to much of what his gospel contains. Historical evidence supports that Mark received much of his material for his gospel account from interviewing the Apostle Peter. The ESV Study Bible contains the following support for this view. Papias, Bishop of Hierapolis in AD 120, had a testimony that said um, that preserved by Eusebius of Caesarea, who lived 260 to 340. So uh, Eusebius preserved Papias's testimony. And Papias states, quote, that he received an oral tradition from John the Elder, an apostle, and he passes on the following regarding Mark. Number one, he was the writer for Peter. Number two, he wrote down accurately as much as he could remember of Peter's words, which the latter had adapted to the needs of the moment. Number three, he was not an eyewitness of Jesus, nor a disciple. And number four, it was his desire not to omit or misrepresent anything. Papias concluded that the Gospel of Mark gains its apostolic and reliable character from its Petron origin. Many interpreters hold that Mark 14, verses 51 and 52, could also be a veiled reference to the Gospel's author. These verses read, quote, A young man was following him, wearing nothing but a linen sheet over his naked body. They seized him, but he pulled free of the linen sheet and escaped naked. This incident, the SV Study Bible says, is recorded only in Mark's gospel, leading many commentators to think that Mark himself, the author of this gospel, was the young man, but that out of modesty, he did not include his own name. Further supporting the evidence that Peter was Mark's primary witness, Mark contains multiple examples of Peter's weaknesses, while omitting noteworthy or admirable accounts from Peter's life that are contained in the other three gospels. The date and location. No internal evidence in Mark's narrative allows for a conclusive date of composition. External evidence supports a date sometime between the mid-50s and mid-60s AD, written from Rome. The testimony of the early historian Eusebius supports a date in the mid-50s for the writing of Mark's gospel. Eusebius, in AD 325, wrote, quote, in the same reign of Claudius, who died in AD 54, the providence of the universe guided to Rome the great and mighty Peter, preaching the gospel. But the hearers of Peter were not satisfied with a single hearing, but with every kind of exhortation besought Mark, seeing that he was Peter's follower, to leave them a written statement of the teaching given them verbally. 
nor did they cease until they had persuaded him, and so became the cause of the scripture called the Gospel of Mark. That's Eusebius writing in his ecclesiastical history. Eusebius also places the writing during Peter's lifetime, for it says that Mark, quote, wrote this gospel in parts of Italy. When Peter heard this, he approved and affirmed it by his own authority for the reading of the church. This is recorded in the ESV study Bible. James Edwards' research led him to conclude for a date in the mid-60s. Edwards summarized, quote, a combination of external and internal data appears to point to a composition of the Gospel of Mark in Rome between the Great Fire in 64 AD and the siege and destruction of Jerusalem by Titus in 70, that is, written about the year AD 65. A note on the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Supporting a date in the mid to late 50s for the writing of Mark's Gospel also connects seamlessly with the view that Mark and Luke borrowed heaven that Matthew and Luke borrowed heavily from Mark in writing their accounts of Jesus's life. Consider that, quote, Mark contains only three pericopes that are not found in either Matthew or Luke or both. Those three passages in Mark are Mark 4, 26 to 29, 7, 31 to 37, and 8, 22 to 26. Because Matthew contains nearly 600 of Mark's roughly 660 verses, and Luke contains nearly 300 of Mark's verses, it is almost undeniably certain that Matthew and Luke had access to Mark's gospel prior to writing their own. In total, about 90% of Mark's material is found in either Matthew or Luke. Because the first three gospel accounts are so similar in content, they are referred to as, quote, the synoptic gospels. In contrast, roughly 90% of John's gospel contains unique material. It must be noted clearly, though, that conservative scholarship is not unified on the order that the gospels were written. Quote, the relationship of the four gospels, and especially the first three, poses one of the most difficult problems in the history of ideas, according to James Edwards' commentary. Stolt, another commentator, says the critical analysis of the sources of the gospel is justifiably regarded as one of the most difficult research problems in the history of ideas. One can truly say that no other enterprise in the history of ideas has been subjected to anywhere near the same degree of scholarly scrutiny. The theme of the Gospel of Mark. Mark portrays, quote, a profoundly theological conception of Jesus as the authoritative yet suffering Son of God, according to Edwards. Mark's portrait of Jesus is primarily focused on him as the servant savior. Jesus humbly came, constantly served, and gave his life for many. In his life and death, Jesus accomplished our redemption. Mark wrote because he wants his reader to believe upon Jesus also. Quote from France, Mark's book reflects not the distant evaluation of a scholarly admirer of Jesus, but the subjective experience of one of those who shared most closely in the stirring and yet profoundly disturbing events of Jesus's public ministry and his confrontation with the Jerusalem establishment. Once again, the ESV study Bible summarizes Mark's message well, quote, this fact implies that discipleship for Mark is essentially a relationship with Jesus, not merely following a certain code of conduct, Fellowship with Jesus marks the heart of the disciple's life. And this fellowship includes trusting him, confessing him, taking note of his conduct, following his teaching, and being shaped by a relationship to him. 
Discipleship also means being prepared to face the kind of rejection that Jesus faced. Mark 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus' quote, the Son of God, is a predominant theme in Mark's narrative. The opening, verse 1 of chapter 1, and the closing, verse 39 of chapter 15, of Mark's narrative are bracketed by this designation, Son of God. Quote, the divine sonship of Jesus is the theological keystone to the gospel of Mark, according to Edwards. At Jesus' baptism, chapter 1, verse 11, transfiguration, chapter 9, verse 7, the Father declares Jesus to be, quote, my son whom I love. Even the demons recognize Jesus as the son of God in Mark 1, 24, 3, 11, and 5, 7. Edward said, ironically, his death on the cross is the place where both his mission and identity as son of God converge. And as such, the cross is the first place where humanity recognizes him as God's son. That testimony, of course, coming from the centurion who was standing at the foot of the cross.